Happy Halloween, everybody. This is Irish Illustrated Insider with Tim O'Malley. I'm Tim Priester. It is Notre Dame versus Virginia Tech this week. Virginia Tech 5-2, and two, riding a three-game winning streak. Notre Dame drops to number 16 after the poor performance in Ann Arbor. Kickoff at 2.30. Chilly, rain, sleet, snow in the morning. Uh, 15 to 20 mile, or hour, mile an hour winds in the afternoon. So we, we'll see how it all works out on Saturday, November 2nd. But, Tim, um, Virginia Tech, let's talk about them a little bit. We have we do actually have a few questions about Virginia Tech in the second segment. Yeah, we'll save a little of our intel on Virginia Tech. Yeah, a, a little Those bit. good questions, too. They're playing better. Uh, Hendon Hooker, their quarterback, has given them new life. Uh, a real dual threat. They run, and we'll get into some of the technicalities, I guess, in the, in the second segment. But... Uh, they're better with him. They have been better with him. Their turnovers certainly have gone down uh, since Ryan Willis was removed from the equation. Hendon Hooker, if you didn't see it, the six-overtime game with North Carolina suffered a nasty-looking uh, knee, left knee hyperextension. They're saying he's going to play, but, man, it was really, really nasty-looking. He didn't play the rest of the game. They brought in Quincy – well, they brought in Ryan Willis first. Then they brought in Quincy Patterson, who's a larger version of, of Hooker, uh, doesn't throw it as well, but rushed for over 100, 120 yards. So um, they're better at quarterback. Yes. They um, they throw it pretty well with Hooker, not probably as well as they did with Willis, but they're not turning it over like yeah. they were with Ryan Willis. I uh, If Ryan Willis was the quarterback in this game and there was no dual threat option behind him, no, if they had no reserve that could come in, which Notre Dame purportedly does not, I would not be concerned about this game. No, Even with the atmosphere with everything going on, Ryan Willis would not come in and beat Notre Dame, I don't think. I don't think he would have beaten him last year, even with a better day. Damon Hazleton, uh, Virginia Tech's outstanding wide receiver, who had an injured hamstring, he's back and, and really rolling. Tore up Notre Dame a little bit in the first, well, not a little bit, tore up Notre Dame in the first <laughs> half uh, last 12, year. 12 catches over 100 yeah, yards. They got him a little bit more under control in the second. But I think Hooker and Patterson make a difference in this game, the way Notre Dame... It's it's not a situation where I think they'll look as bad as they did in the first half against Juwan Pass trying to stop the quarterback run because that was schematic and Clark Lee's not going back to that again and the, the man coverage that they were trying to impose there without and their spies are getting all caught up. But I think that the way to get Notre Dame is to pound at him and then you can throw and that's what Hooker will do. Um, I think Hooker's important. I, you know, I know Patterson's a bigger version as you said, but. Hooker's got that big arm to get it down the field, mm-hmm. and it, that's the key off the run is that he can get it down the field, um, and I think that puts Notre Dame in, in some some binds. I'm not trying to paint a sordid picture here of Notre Dame's defense, but it just puts you in a bind, and the closer the game is, he can make a play, and Hazleton can make a play. He can. He has seven touchdown passes, zero interceptions, completing about 57%, so he's not... He's probably not as a 7-0 guy to... No, he just is where no, he is now. No, but. probably not. You know, the, the, the situation with him, though, is when you're coming off that knee injury, I mean, I just can't believe that you can't do all the things that you were doing with him in the three games uh, leading up to this one. Yeah, I never know how the hyper – it's two weeks, for, if we didn't mention that yet. Um, it, is, it was two yeah, weeks. It was two yes. weeks ago. Um, you never know how those hyperextended knees what, – what the healing process is from that. I remember a long time ago, back in the day, I saw this super bad-looking one to Joe Montana – he was back the next week. You know, he's not running on every play. All uh, right. But, um, you know, they just, it, it's, they look terrible. You know, <laughs> They're not always terrible, though, I guess. Is, the image in my mind of him suffering that injury. He stuck it in the turf, or the grass. There was no turf. Yeah, but, yeah. like, okay, here's the image in my mind. You know how when you see a downhill ski, how it how it bends yeah, up yeah. in the front? It looked That's awful. what it looked like. You, you showed it to me. It. You showed yeah. it to oh, me in, I did. in the press right. box. I was like, oh, boy. But it, that's, apparently it's not the ooh, boy situation if he's yeah. being thought of playing. Well, you know, we yeah. don't know how honest they're being That's about true. that. Uh, but it, it looked bad, and that could really compromise what he can do offensively, and running is a big part of it. They do read option. They do a ton of read option, which is which really gets to be the boring football <laughs> many times. I agree. I just, uh, <laughs> but they will just they will snap. He's their wildcat runner. They'll yeah. just snap it to him and, and run it that way. Um, they run out of uh, – it's, it's really heavy – uh, receiver sets, a lot of four receiver sets. They they do some things with their tight end. They move him around all over the place. They actually use him as a running back at times, which is uh, he's more than an H back. Uh, that's keen, um, and they've got a bunch of receivers that can do things with with Hooker starting. It is, and if you got to throw out overtimes, 
because overtime will bring the, uh, they had six overtimes, so no overtime scoring average is 36 points a game with Hooker starting. Over 430 yards and over six yards of play. Yeah. So it's a better offense than it was. Yeah. It's just because it puts you in a, it, the basic thing is it puts you in a bind and it makes you make plays against them in space. And right. he's, he's a tough guy to tackle too. Now, defensively, Bud Foster, 33rd year, his last year, he's retiring after this year, legendary uh, defensive coach. Legendary defensive coaches have bad defenses sometimes. Yeah. Um, Don Brown, who's a great coach and did a great job against Notre Dame, gave up 62 or however many were attributed to the defense last year when they played Ohio State. Um, you know, Bud Foster's a great coordinator, and they were awful defensively last year. They're better. They have 10 right. starters returning. Um, Brian Kelly mentioned them, but I, I uh, Rayshard uh, Ashby, their inside linebacker, five foot ten. A real wrecking ball. Yeah, I first saw him prior to the the Michigan game, sitting in the press box, and I was like, "Wow, this kid's really good. He is really, really good." I mean, five foot ten, Mike linebacker, which is silly, but he's really good. And I don't think they're very good on the D line, uh, but that doesn't always determine how effective you are because Bud Foster's so aggressive with the right. back seven of his defense. Yeah, they also give up 35, 36 points a game right. against Power Five teams. That that. That's relevant. They're just, they have improved. Notre Dame would have annihilated them earlier in the season. Notre Dame would have beaten Michigan earlier in the season. Right. But uh, that's not where we are right now. Yeah, I, the, the interesting thing, 25 sacks. Um, obviously, Virginia, better rushing the quarterback than Virginia Tech. But it's a different look because I think, uh, well, it, it, it's different than Michigan in that he's bringing second and third level guys Correct. all the time. And it's up to Ian Book to see that, and he doesn't always see it. Uh, <laughs> and by that, I mean he doesn't usually see it. But... Yeah, it, this is a bind game. That's how I look at it. It's like Notre Dame is better than Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech does things that puts Notre Dame in a bind and then see how they respond to it. Do you not think, I mean, this is how I'm thinking, especially on defense. I've said this a couple times. Clark Lee's defense is going to react very, very well. I they, I, I, Maybe I'm overstating this. They love and respect Clark Lee, and I'm sure they're embarrassed for the way that they performed for him last week. Notre Dame's offense lost that game. Notre Dame's defense let the team down is how I look at that game. That's a great way of putting that it. That defense, for two years, two and a half years, you could count on. Count on even against Clemson. They had a bad quarter. Wake Forest of 17 was when they when yes. couldn't. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, that, but, but you're but going to have it. You're going to have it once, as you right. said. You'll have it once in a while. They let them down, and I, the, the, I feel no certainty about this game other than the Notre Dame defense will play with great heart and determination. Doesn't mean there'll be gap sound. Doesn't mean Julian Aquara will... Do what he needs to do in the backside against the run, but he, they'll be playing extremely locked in football defensively, and they want to play locked in football offensively. It's it can be difficult when you're scuffling and you have too many three and outs. Yeah. And if you know the defense, I'm with you. The defense is going to play as well as they can play. I, I do think though that Damon Hazelton's better than Troy Pride, and he's better than Tariq Bracy. And he's much better at Dante Vaughn if he's going to play, which we don't think and they he'll have, play. And they have Robinson, a slot receiver, who's a freshman, who I like his physical yep. maturity, the way he plays the game. They've got a bunch of guys. Ezekiel, uh, he, Ezekiel mm-hmm. Grimsley is another guy, but he's just he's one of several. And, and they have two tight ends that have combined for almost 30 catches and five touchdowns. So, you know, they have some things there. It's uh, kind of like the offense that came here a few years ago that had pieces. They had a dual-threat right. quarterback. Was it Evans? Was that Gerard right? Evans? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little bit. They're not as, quite as experienced. Oh, there's this experienced team too with Hazelton. Like it's a little bit like that offense. Yeah. Because last year's offense was just a Willis throwing to Hazelton when they couldn't do that. Right. Notre Dame had him. Now, was, I mean, I I would like to think that Notre Dame's offensive line is going to bounce back too, but they don't have Tommy Kramer, yeah. so that that throws a wrench in it. What they do have in Trevor Ruland is a is a technician, which is which which I think matches up really well against the the. Virginia Tech defensive line, you, you talked about the sacks. There's no one dominant player right. in the sacks, and you have sacks from all levels. So He's probably an ideal candidate to start the rest of the year because of who they play. I hadn't thought about it that way. You're not facing off with the 310-pound athlete that you can't put Ruland against. Like, they knew going into the year Trevor Ruland couldn't go against Georgia's line. He would get bulldozed. Right. And he, would have had a, you know, he did have problems against Michigan as well. Right, but it's Brian Kelly didn't hesitate yeah. this time. Right, he's probably and the second best guy. I mean, behind he, Kramer, he was the well. You know, yeah. Josh Lug's the other option, but Josh Lug hasn't stepped forward yet, and he was a tackle. 
we got to remember. And he was a tackle, and that's yeah. a good point. He's been working at that. Now, maybe he's getting some, sna- oh, some sure snaps. Oh, I'm sure he is No, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. maybe prior to that, right. he may have been. You know, we don't we don't know that for sure. But, um, yeah, I think that that's I, – I, I think that Rulon will be just fine in this game. And, I, and I you know, I, I, I think the offensive line will have a bounce-back performance. But so much of it depends upon the quarterback, and so much of it depends upon – I, it depends upon Chip Long to. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to join into all the other. You know, there's so many solutions or, or, or so many statements that Chip Long's not running the offense the right way. Um, you know, how much is that really dictated by the quarterback not playing to the level that they felt he was capable of playing? Most of it, I think. Right. Don't you? Yeah. That's I why get, they went to him because he's able to run Long's offense. The, I mean, that's you're, it's a running. They want to run the ball. They want to hit the gimme layups all the time so they can take shots downfield. <laughs> it, it just didn't. I mean, I think most of it. I I really do believe it's most of it. I don't. It, it, I, it's weird to say this about him because we know everything that Book is doing, and we don't know everything Long is doing and thinking and wants to do. But Book is on display for us. Long is a results thing right now. Well, yeah, and that's like, why I say many of the opinions yeah. about about Chip Long are. It's just you're you're. It's just based upon uh, the, the outcome the of the right, it, right. And, and we don't know whether those are actually the the right calls or not. In many instances, for instance, Evan Sharpley and others disagree on the film on fourth down. You know where Jafar Armstrong, the terrible play to yeah. Jafar Armstrong. He said that is the number. That is the goal. Once you see man to man, you want to throw to Jafar Armstrong there. Well, what if the goal was to move the linebackers out of the way as they expertly did to get Chase Claypool one on one on a slant? That's the easiest throw in the world. Like we don't know where. What if it was supposed? To, what if someone was supposed to chip that outside edge rusher and you had Cole Komet going down the post? But Book sees all these things aren't going to happen. Right. Like we don't know if if a college quarterback says that's the right call, and everybody else, all the rest of us who we all play college quarterback. So if we all say, no, no, obviously he should have gone to Claypool. We don't know. (laughs) Well, that's why... If that was the right call, he still shouldn't have thrown it because he was well covered and couldn't get to the marker. You know, I'm always hesitant to question offensive play calling because I I, I just don't... I I, I think there are a lot of... And I'm... Look, I'm not saying Chip Long's doing a good job. He is not. It's his job to come up with ways to be more successful. No, we're just positive Book's not doing a good job. So that's why we're yeah, saying, no, right. that's what it comes down to for me. I, right. I'm, I, I'm not, I am in no way trying to cut Chip Long any slack. I'm just trying to say that a lot of opinions about the play calling really are unfounded in many instances. And that one play, when I, we shouldn't make so much of that one play. They weren't going to win the game because they converted that fourth down. So, let you know, I'm going a little over the board, overboard here. But, yeah, we I, I think you asked me if it's more long not running what he wants to run, right. not, not running the right things. I do think it's both of them for sure. And I think yeah. it's more Ian Book. They just don't feel like they have an option. And I think we can avoid that topic, hopefully, unless there's a question. Well, no, but I want to. I, I do want to. I want to go to something different before we go to segment two because we will talk about all those things. Yeah. And we'll talk more about Virginia Tech. But the question was posed to me in some fashion: that is Notre Dame accepting mediocrity with with Brian Kelly? Well, this isn't me. This right now is not mediocrity. It was mediocrity. At the end of 2016, because you were looking at mediocre, mediocre, great, mediocre, mediocre, very good, bad. That was mediocrity. Yeah, the, the 2013 to 16 stretch was when yeah. you really have to say, okay, now is this really going to work out? Right, because they had one Gary uh, to be proud right. of. Look, I'm old enough to have covered the mediocrity of Faust, the mediocrity of Davey, the mediocrity, actually Faust is probably less than he mediocrity. He was less than mediocre, yeah. 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 The mediocrity of Davey. In the mediocrity of Weiss. The, of, and Willingham. Well, he was worse than mediocre, I think, too, maybe. Okay, well, this is I guess, it, this I guess his results were mediocre. This so isn't mediocrity that. now. This, no, it's not. not what we're talking um, about. It is, uh, I, I think, are they accepting that Notre Dame is going to be a second-tier program is the valid question, right? They're not. It's not a It's not a matter of acceptance. It's just that, that the, the, the perception is that if you pull the trigger and make the change, you're going to be better. And and I and I okay and I get okay yeah, well if you don't make the change, we know that Brian Kelly's at a ceiling. I, I just I don't. I think there are many many layers to this, and it, 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 if there was another Brian Kelly out there, or quote another Brian Kelly that looked like he fit the program as well as Kelly did ten years ago, well then I think Jack Swarbrick would look at it differently. I don't think he'd look at anything if Brian Kelly goes ten and two. 
he's not reacting to the Michigan game the way fans are. And I don't blame fans at all because, look, that wasn't a one-off. No. Notre Dame does that, that sometimes that, that was, under Kelly. That was absurd what it, happened Saturday. It, it was really bad, and it's not the only time it's been really bad. In the, no, that, that that was absurd. Yeah, and uh, but here's the thing. we They did get overrated, Notre Dame, by the fan base because of how they played against Georgia. Everybody on this podcast said 10-2, and two, but no one said they'd get killed by Michigan. I didn't think they'd get killed by Georgia like that. No, and I would also like to say for the record, and I say this every year, I make a prediction, and then I choose what's the second option, one game worse or one game better. I chose one game worse. Yes, uh, and I think everyone on our board thought 10-2 and two, unless they just always say 11-1 or 12-0. Or if you're a writer, that, if you're just a you know website reporter or writer that says, oh, they'll make the playoffs and all that stuff all the time. But logically, you figured they would lose the game to Georgia because it was extremely difficult, high-stakes game that Brian Kelly has not won often in 10 years, and you figure they'd lose another one because you watch college football. Right. The problem is how they lost the game. Absolutely. It is. It was a laydown no-show, and I don't blame fans for being irate about it because it's not the only laydown no-show. Miami is still fresh in their minds. Notre Dame was a, seemed like a great number three team in the country at that point, and they just laid down. They seemed like a very good, sound number seven team in the country, and they just laid down. They just got killed. And that's why Notre Dame fans can't accept it. And I don't blame them for not being able to accept that. I don't. How can. I mean, I, I'm trying to understand how. I guess for for lack of a better way of saying it. How did Brian Kelly allow that. I don't know. Frame of mind with his football team. You tried to ask that question and no one could give you an answer. Aloe Gilman. <laughs> you. you for those of you, well, no one, yeah, heard, no one heard it, but well, the question when, when, Gilman when was, the, Yeah, Alohi yeah, Gilman, when he repeats your question, yeah. he's not really happy with you, but he does it in a very mild-mannered way. He's a very well-spoken kid, but Tim Priester said, what happened? And, no, it was like, <laughs> what why, did that, why yeah. did that happen? Yeah. And he says, well, why did, why that, did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no one has a real answer. How could you let any complacency? That's the... the, the this, the answer going around the campfire that they're all trying to use is, we got away from what got us here. Well, why? Yeah, why? Why, why, would, you, why, why? why would you have right. Why would you have swayed from the process? That You get away from that process when you're going to Duke and you've already beaten Michigan. Right. Why would you, why in the world would that happen? Right. That's so, I don't understand how, and again, I know there's no comparison, but I coached some games where my team played terribly. Why? What did I do wrong? Well, how did I allow that to happen? I don't to my know how team? you get away from the process going to Michigan. That is the strangest that thing. That I don't understand. I do. That, when we say human nature, like beginning of the year, Tim, what's the game they're going to blow? Virginia Tech. Why? Because they're either going to play great and beat Michigan and be riding high in the playoff chase, or they're going to lose a heartbreaker against Michigan and leave it all on the field. Well, neither one happened. <laughs> so I'm not so sure about so, that anymore. I, and and, and <laughs> frankly, that makes me more confident that they'll, they'll bounce back yeah, this me too. week. But me too. But yeah, yeah I, I, I want to just I just want to get the fans back on this one. People are irrational saying, "Will they fire Brian Kelly at the end of the year if they go ten and two?" And you're accepting that you're ten and two. That is ridiculous notion. Okay, so what if they go eight and four? Because that's that's the follow up, and and I get that. There's there's pitchforks out for Brian Kelly if they lose two more games in the next five. Well, and all the goodwill, man, the goodwill that was that right. That was that had been gained. It would be another November collapse too, Tim, which they thought they got rid of last year. If they went eight and four, if they went eight and four, it'd be a November collapse. Well, they really don't have any reason to collapse against the remaining teams that they play. There, there's no. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not challenging. I rated them right. in order in my Thursday thoughts. I have Duke. I have Duke because it's at Duke and it's Cutcliffe. Then I have Navy. Then I have Stanford because it's on the road. And then I don't know, BC, Virginia Tech, or. A toss up, I guess, for me. How would you rate those? The hardest situations. The hardest situation still is still, that, Stanford. still Stanford. Okay, All right. Um, I think Duke on the road at night. Actually, I think Navy's going to be a harder game. Is that fair to say it? Or am I cheating because I'm not saying situation anymore? No, you can say whatever you want to say. Stanford, Navy, Duke. 
Uh, I just don't want to Yeah, there, there's no right or wrong. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. Well, there's but, just well, perceptions well, here College, between you and me. I had never thought they would lose the game, but it's Boston College. It's going to be miserable weather on senior day. The fans aren't going to care at all, and A.J. Dillon's going to run the ball 35 times against mm-hmm. a rush defense. Yep. It's not stopping yep. anyone. So they're the, they're the fourth. Virginia, Na- this Navy's, is the game they got to win. <laughs> yeah, they do. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very confident they'll win this game. I'm not saying easily, but I'm very confident they'll win this game. Um, okay, Navy, if they don't, Navy, the conversation comes back. Yeah. Yeah, well, then we'll have to address it then. Right. I, I, the hypotheticals that are thrown, well, what if, well, I, I can't live in what if right now. It's, it's, are they going to respond against Virginia Tech? Yeah, I think they will. Then comes Navy, playing great. They have their quarterback. Their defense is number 22 in the country. It's not against great competition, Boy, but it's vastly improved over what it's been in recent years. I was years. doing my Virginia Tech and Duke scouting to numbers and everything, to what to expect, and I just kept seeing Navy pop up. In the top twenty of everything, it's just what is going. They were three and ten last year. They are vastly improved, vastly improved. And it's not the same level of competition. But you want to see Notre Dame stats if you remove their bad competition. So exactly. So winning good football is good football. Uh, Then you factor in the the level of competition. But good football is good football. Um, To wrap it up, this segment we cannot. Blame the fans at all for reacting the way they did to the no, game one off. It was no, terrible. absolutely it was not. It's, it's when it gets vicious and cruel that's just stupid. Yes, yeah. Well, I you mean, know, you're, just be, you're, you're being childish. Then you should spend more time on Twitter too. I think talking to people because it's well. Been I had a good time. <laughs> look, I had a good time the other night because I felt like I was responding yeah, in measured yeah. ways, and it was it was fun. Then I woke up the next day, and then once it turns on Brian Kelly, I I run out of ways to defend that because of the the poor play in the big game. Yeah. So I. After a little bit of playing with it yesterday morning, I've pulled off because it's a no-win situation. It is, for sure. <laughs> Man, this is that loss did a lot, huh? You woke up today, it was raining, and trying to write a story, just thinking about it's, it's, what's wrong with hey, this man, team it's, still. It's Notre Dame football, when they lose, the players get blamed, the coaches get blamed, and then the media's too soft. We'll be back for segment two, burning up the boards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back with segment two, burning up the boards. The first question from Wheaton fan. Is that Wheaton, Illinois, you think, Tim? We've been trying to figure this have, out for I some would, reason. I don't know of another Wheaton, but there's probably a few in the country. Is there something about Virginia Tech that would make specific Notre Dame football units, for example, OLDL wide receiver, or specific players come back with a vengeance? Well, I think Notre Dame, it, now, this is a big provided that, but I think provided that they can they can handle the, the pressures from beyond the, the defensive line. I, I think that I, Virginia Tech's defensive line, I think, is very blockable. Uh, the problem with Virginia Tech's defensive line is what's coming behind them and the way Bud Foster um, confuses offenses. But I think Notre Dame's offensive line, even without Tommy Kramer, can have a pretty good day. I think Notre Dame's defensive line against a relatively, there are no seniors in the starting lineup, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and your uh, insider had said they're getting better, but they're still a far cry from being a finished product. So what did I just say? I think Notre Dame has an advantage on both lines. Yeah, and I think the passing game, um, barring terrible weather, if it doesn't come back, not necessarily the Avengers, doesn't come back this game, it's not coming back because these are the four Power 5 teams Virginia Tech has played. Duke, BC, North Carolina, and Miami. So out of them, only Miami would be a, a, a defensive team that you think, well, that give you some trouble. Excuse me, an offensive team. That 14 touchdown passes allowed by Virginia Tech. I, I thought guess. it was 15. I thought, I thought, power okay, five, I thought it was 14. I was going to bring that up. And more than 310 passing yards. 310, 320 passing yards. That is Dukes, BC, North Carolina, and Miami's passing attacks. I got mixed up there talking about Miami's defense. Ian Book and Chase Claypool and Cole Komet. They should, have a, they they should sh- be able to do it. Now, They've got they've you know they've got the twenty five sacks and again that's guys coming from different levels yep. and so got to be able to run the ball for book to be able to throw it for right. sure book's got to be sharp on on setting the protections uh, Rulin this is what this is actually this is where Rulin is probably yeah. in the passing game is probably better to have out there than Kramer I, I didn't mean he's better to have for the whole no 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 time no. than Kramer I meant no, if you had to lose not. Kramer he's a good guy to bring in against these teams right um, yeah so the Notre Dame's passing game should be able to 
win the day over Virginia Tech. However, you got to run the ball too. So they, they, you have to be able to run the ball in Virginia Tech as well to set up the pass because Ian Book is just not, I guess I'll use the word capable, of just going out and killing people with his arm right now. Especially without Miles Boykin and Kevin Stefferson. Who they miss? Who's a senior? CMU Penns fan, what does Virginia Tech do differently from last year that should have Notre Dame concerned? Well, we talked about the quarterbacks. I mean, that's a huge difference in their style of play. Uh, with the Wildcat, with two of their quarterbacks, and with the read option. Willis was just, man, Willis was just coughing up turnovers, both fumbles and interceptions. Is incredible. When I when I went back and looked at his stats and it said five interceptions, I said five. I saw eight. I could have sworn I saw eight of his, but it, but the, the fumbles were mixed in there. Um, that is one thing. Um, man, I don't remember how much they used their tight ends last year, but they're using them a lot. I've just hazled to him as a whole offense. Yeah, the, we were we were the, marveling at what he was doing. Right, the to bit, love too, to Julian Love. Right, you said they have no answer, including Julian Love, while we were watching that game. He was having a great yeah. half. Um, yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, Willis is the biggest difference, but and there, yeah, and, and yeah. then defensively, the biggest difference is you have ten returning starters. Yeah, they were they were bad and young last year, right. and now they're mediocre and getting older. Um, Love Ashby, uh, they're they're Mike linebacker, uh, Divine Diablo with one of the great names, uh, a big <laughs> yeah. a linebacker like uh, safety for them. Um, Hewitt is a defensive tackle. That this is weird. He's a he's an interior guy, and I think he's a better pass rusher than run defender. Which uh, is, yeah, I mean, yeah. at least that's what I saw. I didn't see every second of every game, um, but you know, I think their experience on defense is the main thing. Um, our our, our ins- I do want to th- put this out there. Our inside, our, lost my voice there. Our insider Matej Sis uh, from Virginia Tech site noted that uh, some of the guys Norton killed last year in the secondary, like Caleb Farley, Farley. Yeah, he's just a better player now. Yeah, and so I mean that. I you do know, think I do think Waller is a guy, and he's Waller has three. He's the other corner. He has three interceptions, but he's a guy that got has been beaten a lot. They don't have a great. I mean, they don't have a great defense. No, it's, no. But there are some individual parts. Sure. That's and and I think you know I think Bud Foster creates some of those individual individual parts, and then the unit when they're more experienced is better collectively, which is reflected by twenty five sacks but not necessarily a guy that stands out one over the other like an Aquaro or right, Kareem. Right. Uh, Nick Kelleher, in light of last week's defensive performance, what are Virginia Tech's strengths on offense that could stress our defense the most? I think it it starts with a big quarterback, but they have a really deep and pretty talented receiving core. Yeah, if that's what, as I said, the word bind. If they could run the ball at all, which Power 5 teams have been able to do against Notre Dame, it, it'll be tough for... To, to handle that receiving core. I think Hazleton will tear up, absolutely tear up Notre Dame again. I They shouldn't, like... But I, they I shouldn't like, let that happen, but... No, well, no, they shouldn't. But <laughs> but we're, we're talking about we're talking about Virginia Tech now, and, and I know Michigan struggle running the football, but that's still their DNA. It's not for Virginia Tech. Right, right. I like, I like McLeese. I mean, he's kind of quick and shifty and has a little bit of explosiveness, but I don't expect their running backs to gash Notre Dame. I don't either. That would be disappointing, and I think there there has been like this undercurrent of man, Notre Dame's run D is not right recently not quite as good as we thought it was going to be. But this is the time to get healthy against that, right? You can, yeah, I don't because you can't I don't think that's USC. fair with USC yeah, because yeah. of the, the their style of approach. Last week, uh, granted, I mean they got plowed, and that shouldn't have happened. I think their quarterback runs Virginia Tech can hurt them, but I don't think McLeese and um, King. Will necessarily hurt them in the running. And game. I don't think I don't look at the quarterback running against Lee's defense the way I used to against prior defenses. Even Diaco's defense struggled a lot with quarterback runs. They, they seem to have a pretty solid plan for the dual threat. That's not a true great passer. I mean, dual threats sometimes dual threat is it's a cutdown. I mean, you're just yeah. not that good of a passer in college. But if he, Hendon Hooker, if he Hendon Hooker throws his first interception this weekend, yes, that's what I'm kind of hitting at when I said he's not a seven zero guy. No, he's not. Mr. Douglas, how short is the hook on Ian Book? The stats show he's worse with lower stats than Wimbush at the same point. I like him. Contrived stats there. Yeah, I like him, but he isn't the answer. In your opinion, do we see a strong team rebound this week? Yeah, I think we see a strong defensive intensity rebound. It's about execution on offense, so it's not like they're not going to come out and play hard. They're going to come out and play hard. If you're if you're getting three and outs and or you're getting nineteen yard drives, 
That's the issue, right? Yes. I don't think... The hook is not short on Ian Book, by the way. No, it's not short. And and the stats are not comparable either. When he goes 8 for 25, well then, yeah. My guess is if you pull Power 5 stats from this year versus some from Wimbush's, that he could do that, you know, but that's probably part of it. No, I I, I get that. I get that. The hook is not quick. Um, The hook for Book is not going to be quick. I can't imagine not having... If, If they don't have a strong team rebound, then we open up all new discussions next weekend, right? Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't complete 65% of his passes, right. he, he should. He should. Unless yeah, the, we, unless defense, the weather conditions right. somehow are worse than we anticipated. I don't think it'll be wet the day uh, or when the game is played, but the wind could be a factor. B-Man underscore 2017. Last week you mentioned that the home crowd could turn on their team if things got out of hand quickly. Same deal this week? Yeah. I mean, I think you could hear booing. By the way, we mentioned that had they not come back against Penn State, <coughs> we said they would, the crowd would now be engaged because of the comeback <laughs> against Penn State. Had they just gone and gotten lit up by Penn State right. like Notre Dame They did. would have been in the same situation. Right. That... But same deal this week. There's a deal this week. Uh, without a hot start, and if Ian Book is 2 of 6 with an interception, what do you think the crowd's going to do? Well, you can already hear groans. Yes. You know, we've already heard the groans okay. when a, you know when an early drive... Start slowly, so that has already begun. Buster Biven, if Brian uh, Brian Kelly had a do-over, who do you think he would pick as captains? I looked at this question because I do remember we questioned one or two times covering Kelly. Like, well, he named that guy a captain, you know, with the with, when, the, when they really, when they kind of revealed them, especially 2016. Yeah. You're like, really, Tory the, these uh, these for guys us were obvious. They were always coming along to be captains. For instance. I mean, Fink got the most votes from the team. <laughs> from the entire team, he got the most votes. He's the only one with over, whatever he said, 73% of the votes. We saw Hainsey coming as the captain. Oh, he yeah. Early, he's the earliest one. I the, only, I the only junior literally of the wrote seven. two stories about how he was going to be a captain yeah. two months before he was a captain. Book, you knew, was coming on. Yeah, but that might be one that you that would, would change be, your mind on just so he didn't have to worry about it. Which is a bad... We, we, we actually said in July it's a bad sign if Ian Book is not named captain. Because then you're worried about it. Um, Aquara last year, you'd have said no way, but you knew from watching the SWAT team stuff that Aquara and Kareem were right there. And I mean, maybe Gilman was clear and Elliot was clear. Yeah, and so, I think I think Kareem, the way he's helped his teammates throughout his years, career, yeah. is an automatic. I mean, two. I guess Aquara is the biggest surprise from the end of last season because he just never seemed like a team captain player. He just seemed like a a really good football player, right? That goes out there. Yeah, and, yeah. Elliot was trending cer- certainly in that direction. We talked when we talked to Elliot first in August. It was clear, or at the end of spring, and then in August, you were it, you were crystal clear that yeah. that guy's being named yes. captain. He needs to improve too. He did not have a great day against Michigan. Elliot, Elliot. they're putting him in coverage situations, and he's losing. Yeah, he's Mitch, been. He's got He's handle. been really quiet all year. I think sometimes that's been good. Sometimes it hasn't. Yeah. It hasn't. So been my point is, these captains were always coming—a a collection of them, right? You could have had five instead of seven, but it would have been these five. So we're just right. It, w- it wouldn't have been any outside of these seven. No, Claypool um, plays like a captain now. Clay- Chase Claypool for three and a half years was the furthest thing from being named team captain in Notre Dame. You can feasibly imagine. I know people don't understand why we're saying that, but it's the same thing. As other than Stafferson. Other than Stafferson. <laughs> you know, I don't think he's playing for Jacksonville State, so he's got some problems. Really? Yeah, he must have done something. He will do a lot there. Just sign up, JSU. Imagine but, if Miles Boykin and Kevin Stafferson in a, in a I did today. maximization world... We're all playing offense. receivers for, yeah. Everybody be so sad about losing Book to the first round. You know, yeah, so these guys are going to be the captains, man. Um, it's hindsight right now because they laid an egg against Michigan. Did anybody have a problem with these captains Nobody after pro- Georgia? That's, see, that, to me, that's always a litmus test. You can't, at yeah, one I, game, you can't change your mind about. That's why it was so surprising because they had good leadership. You know, I, we, we're never going to well, I don't know that we'll never figure it out, but we haven't figured out <laughs> yes, why what yeah. happened at Michigan happened. MC Gush 44, why does Notre Dame have so many captains? None of them have stepped up their play this year, and only a select one or two seem capable of rallying the troops. Let's start with the play, because that is relevant. Well. Book, 
Well, first well, of all, why do they have so many captains? I guess we answered that. It's not a, it, look, this has no bearing on anything. Brian Kelly did say this is a leadership group that needs more voices. I don't know if he's saying that oh, not, one okay. or, not one or two people okay. are capable of stepping up like Manti Teo and Tyler Eifert were. I bet that's true, though. None other than Gilman, who's only here for a year on varsity, I don't look at any of them and think he will go control a room by talking. Manti Teo, by the time he was a senior, was the complete in-control person on that football team. So I think that's part of it. Um, I, Brian Kelly said this is, a, this is a group that does better leading as a group. That's why they have that many captains. That is the direct answer. So he's the head coach, and he's done it before. They had seven captains in uh, 2017 when they hired your boy as a captain. Austin Webster. <laughs> he did a good job leading the special teams, Tim. Nothing so. against Austin <laughs> nothing Webster. At all. It's the position. Yes. B.L. Casperin, why is Captain Ian Book rarely available for questions from the media? Is this a reflection on the poor quality of captains? What are we missing? No, they've, they've uh, greatly limited player access this year. Um, we get four players every week. There was six one week. That is probably not happening again in the wake of, that, in the, wake of the loss. Uh, so it's four players every week and far fewer players after games. In fact, although there were two, right, after USC? Is that right? There were two after USC. Yeah, it was late. It was a late night game. Yeah. Uh, there were two after the Michigan loss, which is not surprising for a late night game when you get your lunch handed to you and de-pantsed in front of America that maybe they don't want to bring everybody yeah. out. But really, um, Ian Book should have come out for post-Michigan or this week, because Ian Book would have handled it great. And I want to make sure this is in here. When You should well, not be questioning Ian the, Book wanting to come out. The premise of the question, rarely available for... He comes out as as much as, as, much as anybody else. He's the starting quarterback. He should have come out after the Michigan game or this week. There's no reason yeah, not to bring but, your starting but he quarterback. But he's not rarely available compared to others. He's, he's as, as available as anybody else. And probably a little bit more, I mean, after games. But he's the quarterback, so that's... Yeah, he has to be. He should be the only after every game. He's the starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, uh, J.J. Allwine uh, asks, have you, have you learned anything more about the Michael Young transfer? Why would a starter with plenty of eligibility take off? It's been um, a potential that he would not play his final season at Notre Dame for about a month that we knew of, knew of, quote-unquote. Sh- I was shocked that the timing happened, but I mean, I think... You've heard many times, Tim, that he's a hard guy to coach at the beginning he, of his career. He, he was vocal about not playing more as a freshman. He's been vocal about not being accentuated more. But he broke his collarbone the right. preseason. So, um, Yeah, he had a great August, man. He really did. And if, if he was being targeted the way he was in, went on his return, had he never been hurt, That'd have been yeah. ridiculous. He, he, but was, he was good in practice, but he wasn't. He was never really happy with his role and standing on the team. And now you have a really now in football you have a uh, way out because yeah, of the four game rule, a big way out. He has two years to be out now, and right. he he pulled the plug. He well, pulled the plug, man. And he wanted to preserve a year this year after he broke his collarbone. And they decided they weren't going to let him, so he made he put it into his own hands. That if you're wondering about the weird timing of it, and it is unfortunate timing. He made sure he was eligible for two years instead of one. Well, what what we consider unusual or unfortunate timing in this age now with the the, the new redshirt rule, it's all, yeah. all bets are off. Yeah. BWF eighty one. What is Chip Long's ideal offense? Has there been a game in his three years in Notre Dame that you can point to and say that is what Chip Long's offense is supposed to look like? I think Chip Long's job should be on the line these last five games. What do you say? I think if they're a three touchdown offense against these last five teams, there's a pretty big problem since their quarterbacks are going to be the same next year. Right? Probably. I mean, probably the same next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, Of the group. Yeah. You'll, you'll be adding a 18-year-old right. freshman to the group. So what's the idea? When, when, when did it all click? I mean, he's a he definitely wants to run the ball and hit the ball down the field. Yeah, because wants, of running the ball. He wants yeah. to do those things. What's the ideal offense? They're asking, what is Chip Long's ideal offense? He is a run-first run play-action quarter. He's a run-first play-action coach. Play, to be versatile enough to play two tight ends. Be versatile yep. enough to play two running backs. Throw the ball down. He wants to throw the ball downfield effectively. Not Be physical at every 
skill his he said these things be physical at every skill position every wide receiver well, should be never a steps out seeker of, of contact yeah. every running back should be seeker of contact his tight ends should be pretty physical should his job be on the line the last five games if they don't perform that's what I was saying about if they don't if they're a two three touchdown offense right. I mean then yeah you uh, got you have to have a better sure why not you had a senior quarterback coming back that was ninth of the country last year yeah in passer I mean, efficiency I, I, I can't argue that and I doubt that he would. No, he's a bottom line. Absolutely, he's a number one bottom line coach. Possibly, actually, there's a yeah, yeah. He he's. I think we know his offense, but can you think of a perfect example of it? I mean, USC was a pretty good example of it in 2017. That was I, they ran the ball down their throats right. and they hit they Stepherson deep. Right, they didn't. The, he the, the number, the passing numbers were were very moderate against. USC and NC State, but that was because they ran it so well. Right, and he threw, and when they did throw, they were big plays. Yeah, to me that that was the time right there. G- give me, give me USC NC State from <laughs> 2017 every time. Yeah, you know, next year, this offensive line that played so poorly against Michigan will be back as the most experienced group in the country, maybe. Yeah, but you look upset. Well, because, <laughs> because they've got. I know, but why? I'm why? Not, I'm I'm not confident that they're uh, they'll either, be better, but but why? Why am I don't, not confident? Don't they have to be really good to yeah. be for Notre Dame to be good? At, well, at, every time, absolutely, every year, more so than other programs. Even it's like a Wisconsin situation. They have to be great on the offensive line, and they will have a all veteran offensive line next year. Patterson will be a junior, second year starting. Banks will be a senior, third year starting. Everybody else will be third I year know, starting. No excuses. None. And yet, like, even with Harry Houston, even when even with McGlinchey and Nelson, there were games where they didn't. Why? Why don't? Why doesn't the Notre Dame offensive line dominate against athletic great defenses on the road? Because athletic great defenses on the road but are Mi- hard to. But Miami gives up points to other people. <laughs> it was a feeding. But so Michigan, Michigan so, stops most people. So what's your, yeah? So what's your answer? I don't know. Okay. I don't know why that <laughs> offensive line would not be a strength of the team. It seemed like they were becoming a strength of the team this year, and then they went to Michigan. And walked out with their tail between their legs. Yeah. All right. I'm going to pick up the pace because we have a lot of questions <laughs> Getting angry. Here. TMR Irish, in the previous podcast, you guys mentioned the regression, lack of advancement of Ian Book, and mentioned that this team is better than last year's. Of the returning starters regulars, who do you guys see as advancing or progressing? Claypool, Heinish, Banks, Tony Jones, Jones, Tony Jones Jr., maybe Bilal, haven't seen it in Pride, Elliot Fink, and others. Could you dispel the first notion here, yeah, please? Yeah, I have long said, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I know you said the same thing, I, that Notre Dame's team was better last year. I'm not sure if Pete ever said they were better this year. I have never at any point no. thought that this was going to be a better team than last year. I case. can't imagine Pete said it either because he kept talking about Notre Dame lost just as much as Michigan in the preseason, pointing to the defense, like Love, Tillery. He was going down a list, actually. Okay, so why is, there, why is there... Um, at a no point did we think they would be better. Other people might have around the country. And Kirk Herbstreet said they were. He's probably thinking about that. He Kirk Herbstreet was wrong about that. He's yeah. right about a million things. Right. He was wrong about that one. Why are they not progressing? The biggest surprise for me this year is that Julian Aquara and Khalid Cream are not great. The next biggest surprise for me this year is that Ian Book is not very good. In the preseason when someone said, how can Book be behind Aquara? My literal answer, and I've been proven wrong and proven right at the same time, was Ian Book might not be good this year. He's not. Julian Aquara will be. Eh, eh, not right. Kind of offset yourself on that one, didn't I? But I cannot believe that Julian Aquara, Khalid Kareem, Ian Book have not had very good years. I would still come to Kareem's defense because I think he's played better. He has played better. And Bilal is better than played, Not better than last year, though, Bilal's necessarily. played really, really well. Uh, the Elliott thing... I just don't think we have a lot of specific evidence to say that he has dropped off. They're, they're I still... thought he had a hard day in coverage against Michigan. Okay, well, you know, yeah. Uh, for the limited amount of times that they actually completed passes, yeah. Um, Pride and Fink have dropped off. Fink has dropped off dramatically. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what that's all about. Irish fan 102, was the impact of the loss of Dalen Hayes understated? How important was Hayes to Notre Dame's run defense? Well, he might be starting over Aquara. And Aquara could be in the dime. I mean, if, if Mike Elston would... Had well, that's show, good. I'm serious. Yeah, that's you, good, he's that's an accountable a, guy, Mike point. Elston. It's a good question. Yeah, I, it is. I hadn't thought of it because Mir Jones good. is doing good things, but we're talking about something a little bit different here. Yeah, and, backside gap integrity. I bet you Dale yeah. Hayes is there every time, and Jameer Jones is still yeah. a guy that's making plays and running around, and Julian Aquara 
has five tackles against the run. Six. Well, he's got. He has a total of fourteen. How many? Had... How many sacks? He's four. Four. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we should know. He's he very few. Had, yeah, he had yeah. most of them in one game. So yeah, I think Hayes. When you're probably those underrated guys, that would there be a cutback lane for Michigan if Dalen Hayes was there? I don't know, you but know, I, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a good question and a legitimate one. And Dalen Hayes is back next year, so that's good for Notre Dame's defense. Dan underscore Brian twenty one. In the last month of the season, what's the one thing you'd like to see from the offense and defense that will help Notre Dame win this year and going forward in twenty twenty? Um, defensively, let's just keep it for this year. Defensively, I like to see him tackle better. Their missed tackles are off the charts compared to last year. Um, I believe it's. 13 against Michigan, or 12 against Michigan, and 13 against USC. Really? That high? Yeah. Um, Louisville, did Louisville run for two, Louisville ran for 200 yards, right? So 11, 11 against Louisville. Um, that's just too much for this defense. Yeah, you don't, you don't I, I mean, I saw more guys getting blocked than actual missed tackles against Michigan, but it's Yeah, getting off a block <laughs> yeah. would be good. You know, Drew White. He battles, but man, he got engulfed. He got sucked in a lot. And that, he? and that, a lot of that fall, it, some of it falls on him because there's a technique, but there's a there's a weight differential there. A lot of that falls on the defensive line. What about offense? What would you like to see <laughs> the rest of the year? Realistically, though, what what do you, I mean? I don't think Ian Book's going to look like Wake Forest this year, do you? Like in November? Uh, probably not. But that's ridiculous that he can't. That's ridiculous that he can't. That is ridiculous. You're like me with the offensive line, it is ridiculous that that doesn't happen. I'd like to see, you know, maybe the the, the development of some receivers to get get McKinley involved. We think McKinley is going to be more involved moving forward, but we we'll see about yeah that. depth chart lies type thing that we think it's going to be more Claypool and McKinley on the uh, McKinley's listed as his backup. I think yeah, I don't I don't think Claypool that that ultimately can, is going to be true. Right. But we but you know, there's a lot of things that we think based upon. You know, this piece of information or that speculation or that observation, and then it doesn't come to I thought they might score the first half against Michigan. That yeah, didn't that, was, that was something in the cards. <laughs> Wash ND, if Notre Dame loses on Saturday, well, imagine writing that thing up, and the new, the new Year's Six Bowls are out of the picture, will the Notre Dame coaches look to make some changes at underperforming positions? Well, yeah, written question, because he didn't just include quarterback. Yeah, well, yeah, if it makes sense to do it, if it right. doesn't make sense, if you you don't just you you don't just throw it out there just because again, they practice, man. I mean, things are proven on the practice field. I'm not I'm not accusing anything here, Washington. I'm just I'm just saying if it makes sense to make a change, then yeah, go ahead, but you know, you're not going to put uh, Cole Mabry in for Liam Eikenberg cuz Eikenberg is capable and needs to get better. A good way to illustrate your point is Chris Fink had his best game against USC. Okay, Chris Fink would be a perfect example of re, of a right being replaced. But here's the deal: he had a really good, he had his best game against USC, and he was absolutely nothing against Michigan. So if he's absolutely nothing again against Virginia Tech and a loss, you replace Chris Fink. But what if Chris Fink, Notre Dame loses the game, and Chris Fink has six catches for 57 <laughs> yards and four first downs? You're not replacing him. No, you're so not. So it's but at this th- there's a body of work. No, but at this stage of the season, Lawrence Keyes needs to pl- needs to see more action because he's earned the right to see more action. When Fink Phil has Jacobi, given him a reason to get in there, too. Yes. That's yes, big part yeah. of it for No, me. I, under, I understand it. I'm completely open-minded about McKinley and Lindsey and uh, who else would be Keyes and... Um, Jameer Smith. Jameer Smith, Absolutely. Uh, but where the situation dictates, you don't, you don't, you don't, you just don't do it blindly. Change for the sake of change. There's no offensive lineman to take out, right? Josh Lug's not better than those tackles. No, I would. I no. If anything, Lug would get some reps at right guard this week. And but actually, Brian has Kelly to not said respond for that right. to be a thing. Yeah, but right? actually, Brian Kelly indicated that they would, they that he would, or they, you know, they would both. So play. maybe he's talking about guys like. I mean. I don't think your defense is better off. Well, you, you don't have put, a core. I just want to put, play better. You got to put DJ Brown in instead of Elliott. I mean, no, there's that. That yeah. just that. That's just a, now Tariq Bracy instead of Dante Vaughn. Good. I yes. assume he's going to redshirt Dante Vaughn at this point. That's four games. Oh well, because then he can. He can. My right. theory is he's going to redshirt and go. I know other people's thing is they're going to yeah. save him for next year, which you know, it's a yeah. twenty-yard gain. It's a walking twenty-yard gain. 
I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Uh, Golden Domer 73, when do you think is the next legitimate chance opportunity for Notre Dame to get back valid, realistic, credibility, respect? A brand name opponent in a New Year's Six Bowl game or not until Wisconsin at Lambeau next year, which is not a true road game? They can't really get... Uh... It's going to be hard to get a brand-name opponent, though, in this bowl game, the way things like, are breaking yeah, down. You, you need to play well against Virginia Tech. You need to play well against Virginia Tech. It's the only – I mean, I know I know it's a specific question about I – don't, I don't know the answer to that. What I do know is that you have to come out and play quality football. You're a 17-point favorite against Virginia Tech, and you go out and kick their ass. And then you wake up the next day and try to prepare to do the same thing at Duke. You're 100% right because, as sad as it is, when Michigan kills you in front of everyone in America for your second loss, and it happens once a year to Notre Dame, you're not going to have any respect. You want know when they get respect? Undefeated when they beat Clemson next year. Otherwise, no one's no one's believing a right. single thing That's about Notre Dame. That's the way it is. That is you, the way it is. Because you've gotten your butt kicked yeah. too badly too many times by good opposition. Jamwo, is that right? Jamwo 212. What is the offensive identity of the 2019 Fighting Irish? We could probably just leave it right there, but that's good. We're at game eight, and I'm still not entirely sure what Chip Long Yeah, I'm not sure that we're going to break any new ground compared to what we said before about it as far as his offense and and what he wants. They don't have a good identity right now because they don't run it consistently, and they don't throw it consistently. And that means that the offensive coordinator is having a hell of a time coming up with solutions, uh, which is his job, totally his job, and I get that. He's at fault, um, and he needs to get the these certain offensive components to play better. They were, before the Michigan game, over the last uh, five halves, so halftime in Virginia, gaining ground as a quality running team that had some balance because of that ability to run the ball. And I don't... I hope that's what they get back to for Virginia Tech, right? I mean, they ran the ball for 300 yards against USC. They should run the ball well against Virginia Tech. And they ran the ball against a good defense in the second half against Virginia. So now this is what they have to do. That's got to be the identity. I'm for Phil, and and for is spelled P-H-O-R. I'm for Phil. Tim's, I've heard, well, Pete was included too. I've heard your argument for book. Uh, I still think that Phil Dracovic should play. I don't blame you. I think if you watch... The Notre Dame-Michigan game, you would like to see a backup quarterback come in. Every person that we get information from inside the program says he's just not that close to challenging Ian Book, right? So it's not our opinion. We're trying to report what we know and not be pig-headed and say, I ranked him number one coming out of high school, so he should play. <laughs> right, exactly. that's what's going well, on right and, now and around go, the internet. And let's go back to last year when, when Ian Book was inserted in the starting line. I was concerned about the chemistry, but I wasn't against that because Wimbush was, had just thrown th- three interceptions against Ball State, not just. Uh, there was Vanderbilt, and they were really struggling. And Well, they could have lost the Vanderbilt game, and that was part of, that was part of the breaking point. Well, okay, too. Yeah, yeah, that too. And yeah. the word was that Book was really competing well, so I wasn't against that move. But this is a, this is a, And that's why I phrased my question to Brian Kelly the way I did the other day. It's, is there any correlation between what the situation with Book and Wimbush last year and him pressing him for playing time, and uh, Dracovic and, and Book this year, and he really dodged that, which meant no, but, but there then isn't. He answered, but then he answered. But he did, yes. He answered, I think it was Lou, um, and he answered pretty emphatically. So look, if you want Phil Dracovic to play, I don't blame you at all. I, he and Book looked terrible, and he didn't look all that daring either, like he did against Georgia and USC. I defended Book against Georgia when he threw those, you know, the picks were bad. Yeah. But he really competed in that game. No, he really did. There's uh, there's no defending what Ian Book did against Michigan. I don't blame you for wanting Phil Dracovic. And I don't, and I don't, you know, if you can find ways to get him in the game, although Brian Kelly's not to say he's basically not going to do that. I had a phrase when I was coaching in high school, and it was this. And I would only say it to my coaches, not my players. (laughs) (laughs) Probably shouldn't say a whole lot of those phrases. I don't, I don't need to get hit in the head with a hammer to know it's going to hurt. And my point was, I'm not putting that kid out there to fail because I've seen him fail in practice and he's going to fail in a, in a game situation. I don't need to see it to know what's going to happen. Now, I don't know 100% that Phil Dracovic's going to fail, but I do know that he's not ready for it. He's definitely not ready to start against Bud Foster. How is it that we ignored the first three passes that Dracovic threw against Michigan the other night? Did you see how bad they were? Not one person said, 
man, Jakovic still looks as bad as he did in, in preseason camp. The reason is because Book is playing poorly, and so you just want to throw somebody out there and hope you find the solution. And I want to answer the last part. If regression is too true, shouldn't we try to squeeze two years out of him instead of two and a half? You're just throwing away. Ian Book's your senior captain, and you're just going to tell everybody else, hey, I know Phil Dracovic threw 80% of those interceptions Kyle Hamilton got in practice in August that everybody's been talking about. It's not like those balls were thrown from a jugs machine he was picking off, right? So someone's throwing picks. He threw at least four to five times more interceptions than Book did that we were aware of in preseason. How many games is Notre Dame going to win if they're turning the ball over two? Considering they they didn't turn the ball over against Michigan other than the... Giving it back on the punt. Well, I was told that they you would rather uh, that it would be better if he he threw into traffic than flipping the field with a with a, a really quality freshman punter, which is just bad football. I'll add one thing: uh, Phil Dracovic this week would be have a real rough time, as would any rookie quarterback, because Bud Foster is giving him a lot of looks. Well, and Ian he's, Books Ian Books going to have a hard time. Too. Yeah, and Ian Books going to have a hard time but, too. But he's more prepared to do it, whether he'll do it or not. He's infinitely more prepared to do and it. And people are confusing us with others. We're not rooting, or it's not our opinion that Ian Book is better. It is reporting opinions we are told live by Brian Kelly, back channels to everybody in the Goog, and people that are at practice. Some people are just giving their opinion on who they want to play. I don't. I care. want the best player I, to play. I want the best player to play. I don't care who it is. You kind of walked over the second qu- the, that second question. Oh, so yes. I'm, I'm going to skip that. And I'm trying to pick up a pace because this is going to be the longest podcast in the history. B- uh, Beist. Not if o- they lose. 06. <laughs> <laughs> Beist 06-2. More likely to start the fourth quarter of a bowl game. Ian Book or Phil Dracovic? Of a bowl game? Yeah. <laughs> what? This year, Ian Book is okay. more likely to start. More likely to start against that. Navy 2020. Phil Dracovic or Brendan Clark? And then I wrote in Drew. Andrew, there's Drew Pine will be in the equation. So book's not an option here, right? Uh, well. Because, I, I mean, I'm just guessing. But he, Pete was guessing no. You were guessing you weren't quite sure. Probably no. And I was guessing I'm not quite sure. I'm, probably yes. Right? Well, I, that was before Michigan. Not, not, uh, He's got nowhere else to go right now. No, man. I know right. he has nowhere else. <laughs> it's like mail. No, <laughs> I, I know he has nowhere else to go. But I don't really want to talk about no. All right, so Drew, let's, let's say he goes. Next let's year, say he goes I, somewhere else to the pros. Uh, Phil Dracovic or Brandon Clark? Phil Dracovic. Would be the person I think will start against Navy next year, assuming Ian Book is not on Notre Dame. I can't. Yours? I can't say that with any confidence. But can you say Brendan Clark with any confidence, though? At least I know that when he throws a pass, it won't look like it's in a fifty mile an hour wind. So are you, are you saying Brendan Clark, or because you, you wrote in Drew Pine? Oh well, that was just for <laughs> okay. argument's, yeah, argument's sake. sake. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I, I seriously. I, I, have I, a, I I say with some. I say with a decent amount of confidence that Phil Dracovic, the athlete. In his third year, with no Ian Book in the picture, and getting all not or getting more, most of the first team reps in the spring, at least sixty forty, right? Because you give Clark a chance, is the starter against. But Navy. if he throws passes like he threw the first three against Michigan, you that can't be your starter. Just want to say that Brendan Clark's warts aren't known yet. And that's, that's why he's there. Very that's, true. Yeah. Very true. Last question, Tim. Lolly gang of nine. Would you have called interference on Trey Turner in game six? Uh, the rule was interpreted correctly. Absolutely interpreted correctly. The rule needs to change. And I'm a proponent. I'm a proponent of the second base, you know, not second, but the, the two bases, two bases at first base, the one on the inside of the line. If you're going, if it's illegal to run on the inside of the line, then you should have a base on the outside of the line. I think that makes perfect sense. Would I have called it as an umpire entrusted with with calling the rules the way they currently are? Yes, I would have called it. I realize, I realize that's not a popular decision, but the umpire called it by the letter of the law, the rule. I have never officiated a baseball game I have. or a basketball Don't do game. It. Don't do no, it. I won't. Or a basketball game, but I did... Make the mistake of sticking around and officiating a men's league seven-on-seven game in Atlanta. And I would not have called interference on Trey Turner because logically I just look at it and say, that was a bad throw. (laughs) I like to leave things open to interpretation. The tuck was a fumble. Don't care what he says. I don't care what the rules are. I would not have called it. I hear that. (laughs) All right. My last question to you is, is oh, yeah, and your prediction. I'm sorry. Jesus, an hour and a half. 
It'll be quick. As, we talked about it already. As thin skinned as I am, how do you think I did as an umpire behind home plate? <laughs> wow. All right. We got, we got O'Malley and uh, uh, Pete uh, Samson. In, in absentia prediction from uh, Samson. Right in pick from Pete Samson was 31 21 Notre Dame. I am very close to that. I have a three touchdown rule for Notre Dame's offense right now. I think they'll get to it with some field goals. And unfortunately, I have a three touchdown rule going into effect for some of Notre Dame's opponents, too. So it's 30 to 21. Notre Dame, very close to Pete's, but I'm not changing just because so, they were so, so close. You're, it's, you're light, no, you're not lightening up. That's three touchdowns and three field goals. Yep, three touchdowns and three field goals for Notre 21. Dame. Six possessions with, with points. Sounds good. I have my prediction on Friday. Thanks for joining us. We'll, uh, Tim and I will uh, speak with you uh, pregame, Virginia Tech on Saturday. Indiana Dunes Tourism, located between Chicago and South Bend in northwest Indiana, is a proud supporter of Irish Illustrated. Extend your Notre Dame visit with a trip to the nation's newest national park. Visit indianadunes.com.